Here we go. Episode number four of the On the Road to Damascus podcast with myself, Lukaskew, and Avon Rempel. And this week we ask you this question What is your name? And what does it truly mean? Hope this episode blesses you. Hey, Luke. How's it going today? It's going well. Thank you for having me on episode four of the On the Road to Damascus podcast. Yeah. And you always say thanks for having me. But the thing is, is you're actually part of On the Road to Damascus. I know. It's like I'm a guest every day. I know. It's the only guest that I have on my show, Luke Askew. <laughs> Amazing. So we are on episode four. Um, and I just, I don't think a lot of people know this. And since you can't see our faces because you're not on YouTube and you're probably listening to something on Spotify, we're not even in the same country, are we? No, we're not. So I am based in sunny England in the United Kingdom. And we are in snowy Canada, down, uh, down. We're, no, we're not down anywhere. We're up because it's so cold. <laughs> and yeah, we're not even in the same country. And if you are jumping on for the first time on episode four, go listen to episode one where we talk about our dream and how we connected from across the pond Mm. to start doing this podcast and all the other things that we're going to be launching soon that we're pretty excited about. Exciting times. Yeah. So what are we talking about today? Today? Well, obviously last week we talked about identity, which I thought was a very, very powerful conversation and you know i've listened to it a few times now myself because i was amazed at what came out of both our mouths um (laughs) but it was such a refreshing take on the importance of knowing who we truly are and for the listeners that are listening now to think oh how does this podcast work is that basically every every episode is we ask you a question and last week's question was who are you and today we're going to ask you the question is what is your name what's your name yeah i think you know it's interesting when babies are born mm-hmm. into the world what is the very first thing we do with that baby as soon as as soon as it's born we give it a name mm-hmm. and that name is the name they have they identify themselves with so i have i have three kids they're teenagers now i mean one's a semi-adult and i called semi-adult because 18's not really an adult he's still an adult with training wheels mm-hmm. but here's something that's interesting if you are a parent If I call one of my kids by their first name, they don't listen to me. But if I pull out the first, middle, and last name, you bet I get their attention every single time. (laughs) Every time. Why do you think that is? Because you were angry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because I'm angry. But because they're so, they understand that when I say their name, like they just know, they know who I am. They can, they can tell by the way that I speak their name, mm-hmm. if it's an emergency, if it's something that they need to pay attention to now, which it, kids should always pay attention, but they don't. Um, but the way that I say their name or how I pronounce their name, right. Is it reflects on their, the way that they sit up and pay attention to me. Mm-hmm. It also is the sense of like the way that people say our names 
is what what they believe about our names or what they attach to our names. For instance, is that when my mother would say, hey, my son's called Luke Stephen Askew or Luke, what she attaches to my name or what's in my name is how she describes me, what she sees in me. If she was describing me to her friends, her family, or what's Luke like, Luke is like this. Now, if you'd asked my English teacher when I was 15, um, what she thought of the name Luke Askew, she would she would tell you a whole different story. You know, he, <laughs> he's not motivated. He's a funny story about this actually is obviously I've been a kind of a speaker for the last five years. And when I first started, obviously when you go speaking, you speak with your name, right? Your, your yeah. name carries your reputation and everything. So it's really important from a brand point of view. And if you listen to last last week's episode we talked about brand and the importance of brand and the name of the brand and the representation the reputate can't say it (laughs) reputation that's the one um so when i went out as a speaker obviously i didn't go out as the speaker of going hey you know i am this or that i didn't have a stage name i just went out with my name lukaski and the first assembly that i did was i went back to my old high school and I said, hey, I'll go back and I'll speak to the year nine boys. Now, now being a really experienced speaker, year nine boys, tough crowd. I don't even know why. <laughs> and I can imagine when the school went, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, that's fine. It's like the hardest thing that I could possibly have done. Anyway, but I come, I come in my name. Hi, I'm Luke Askew. And some of the reception people didn't know who I was. I was just the speaker. But some of my teachers were still there. So a funny story, I walk into the hall. It's all set up <laughs> with all cameras, microphone, everything's ready. Now I'm Luke Askew, the youth motivational speaker. Like this guy, I've got my brand, I've got my identity. And then my P teacher said to me, oh, I, I was telling some of the teachers that you were coming in. And um, one of the teachers, which he said he would not name, but I can 100% say it was definitely my English teacher, um, <laughs> said, oh, Luke Askew is coming in to do a motivational talk. And this teacher turns around and goes, what does Luke Askew know about motivation? <laughs> so, so you can imagine that on the topic of the name is that yeah. even though my name now is about a youth motivational speaker or someone that might have heard me now, my name meant something total different to somebody else because of what I was doing. My actions, my my character really shaped my identity of how people identified with, with my name. But it's really, really interesting about when we think about my mom or my parents. It's not, I was blessed with two loving parents, right? Who I would like to say when they describe their son would describe it in all the light <laughs> that they would do most of the time. Um, but the truth is, is that you have got them two different perspectives on what does your name mean? Yeah. And what does it carry? Yeah. And and that's a really, really great point because my name, Yvonne, was not given to me by my mom. It was actually given to me uh, the day I was born by my stepfather and he gave me uh, his mother's name. 
Mm. So it was, it was a family name that he gave me. Um, and he, I asked him years later why, and it was so that he in a way showed me that I was, I was his daughter. Mm. Right. So it carried, um, this inclusion in my name because he named me after his mom. Right. Um, but then just like you also, right. That may be his experience there, but my name carried weight different ways in different areas also. Right. So the experience that people had with me, um, carried that characteristics to my name and where I was. So depending where I was, my name carried many different things for different people. Mm. So it, it was very, you know, it was very unique in the way that it's done. So, I mean, even though that that happened, even though that's a, that's a, you know, um, we had those moments like that, your name really identifies people to know who you are. Mm. It's, um, people very close to you who speak your name, it's almost very intimate, mm. right? When you meet people and you give them your name, you, you, it's almost like you kind of reserve, right? I mean, look at, uh, we have people who write books under fake names. Yeah. We have people who uh, have stage names to keep their privacy with their names. We have people who build these walls because they want to, they have the way that they are and then who they are. <laughs> and, and we want to, you know, be known. And so we give people our name, not realizing that in the process that there's just characteristics of who we are in different seasons of our life mm. that take on the meaning of our name, just like your teacher. Yeah. A motivational speaker. Now I don't recall him being motivational in school. Mm. So it's just, it's, it, I find it really interesting. And one of the reasons we really wanted to talk about mm. this and tailor it to our identity that we talked about last week is because there is many stories that we've talked about in the Bible and a lot of them get my attention, but none get my attention than when God or Jesus, who are the same, but separate, okay, identify people with their name immediately for their attention. Mm. And it, it fascinates me because there's times where they don't even know who God is, yet they use their name and they call them by name. And it's not because, you know, it's people are angry or frustrated. It's because there's this intimacy. When somebody calls you, you turn around and you go, who's calling me? Mm. Who are you? And isn't it interesting that God will do that? Like God will do that. There's no more powerful where, you know, we talk about prophecy or we talk about the ability that, that God can speak to you and God knows you, like so knows you. The Bible talks, he goes, he knows every hair on your head. Like there's such an intimate relationship between how much he knows you, even though you don't feel like you know him. And yeah. I remember a story being told to me. It, it isn't a story that was a part of. I remember hearing the story of a mentor of mine who is known as, as a prophet, known as somebody who travels around speaking, carrying um, the word of word of God, giving people encouraging messages or all these things. And he went to this event 
and he's asking God to reveal something about these people because he wants to share God's heart with them. That's the whole point. And he was looking at this girl. No, that's wrong. Sorry. He was walking past a queue, like a queue of people. Yeah. And as he's walking past the queue of people, he's going one by one to see if God was going to give a word for these people. And he's walking past one. I can't remember the girl's name, right? Let's say it's Caitlin. But he's yeah. walking past and he just gets the name Caitlin. And he kind of ignores it because he was like, mm, I'm not too sure if there's any weight there. And he carries on going around. And then he hears again, Caitlin, 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 Caitlin. And he's like, Pah. so he goes back to the girl and goes, I'm really, really sorry, but all I have is Caitlin. And this girl drops to her knees, cries her eyes out. And he's like, what the heck? Like, Because <laughs> like, <laughs> to him, it means nothing. Right. To him, the name means nothing. Yeah. And he goes, who is Caitlin? or whatever her real name was. I can't remember her name, but who is Caitlin? And she goes, it's me. And then she wow. reveals to him that she'd gone to this event to hear from God. And all she asked God for was, if you know me, yeah, speak to me. And God literally doesn't say anything about her life. I'm getting goosebumps no. as we say it. <laughs> anything about her life, nothing. All yeah. he says is her name. And she breaks down in tears because in that moment, she knew that God knew her by name. I'm, I, that is such a powerful, powerful mm. story. Because, you know, in last week, we talked about the desire to have identity, to know who we are. And to be known. Out- and to be known. And, and that's really what is your name is we're diving into this deep, deep talk about to be known. I think the very thing that we we desire is, do you know me? Do you do you know who I am outside of, you know, my years of rebellion and outside of what people think I am? Do you know when you say my name, do you know my heart inside my heart do you know me right and so when people go what is your name right it's almost like you in every different context we change right we change differently if you're at work and somebody goes what is your name well you are or i am yvonne but my characteristics change according to that setting Right. When I'm at home and, you know, we have somebody who stops by and they go, who, who are you? Well, I'm Yvonne. But at that moment, I'm also Yvonne mom. Right. So my characteristics I take on, take on that fresh. But then when God called my name, I didn't have characteristics to take on except for him. And then he knew me. And that deep, deep knowing that's such that vulnerable, tender-hearted place that you don't really want anybody to be in, but yet you so deeply desire it. He just knew me and he called me by name. And I think it's so, so powerful. What is your name? Now, it is encountered a couple of times in the Bible where God is actually just given a name. Yeah. Yeah. So we have when Jesus was, you know, Mary was carrying Jesus and an angel appeared to her and said, you are with child. 
And then right after that, he said, or she, angel, not really sure, you will call him Jesus. Hmm. Why do you think that is, Luke? Because your name, you mentioned it before, right? Is that Avon carries purpose, right? So you were saying before that in the home, Yvonne is a mum. Yvonne the mum, purpose. Yeah. A mum the wife, purpose. Yeah. Mum the teacher, uh, Yvonne the teacher, Yvonne the, the this, the Yvonne that. So what we do is we attach, there's our name, and then there's our the purposes in which our name is glorified in one sense, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So when, when we're talking about Jesus is that within Jesus's name lay a purpose for his life. Now, even though on earth we talked about purpose week two, if no one knows, was it week two? Yeah, it was week two. Yeah. Yeah. And we spoke about purpose and we spoke about there being one collective purpose and everyone plays different parts in that purpose, right? Yeah. And we think about Jesus and we think about, okay, so Jesus comes to the earth. Just as we say to people, I say to people, like, why are you here? That was the question that we asked, right? What's your purpose? Why are you here? Yeah. Why are you carrying your name? What's the, what's the purpose of it? And there's two things. Is that Jesus came for two reasons. The first reason, he had a purpose that he needed to fulfill. Yeah. A purpose for he needed to do. And then he had the second purpose, which we all have this purpose, is he came to glorify his father's name. Yeah. Not his own. So right. what's really interesting in terms of ourselves is that we try to glorify our own names. So we try to glorify our own names because we want to be known. Like Luke's trying to be successful because I want people to know Luke ask you. And this is what the world's trying to do is we want to for me to be known as an individual like Luke, when really, when we see Jesus, Jesus comes with a whole different perspective, which is mind blowing. He comes with the fact of, I'm not here to glorify myself or make my name known. I've come to make my father's name known. Yeah. And his father's name was Christ. Yeah. So because just as my name is Luke, my father's name is Askew. Yeah. That's my, it's my father's name. It's my family name. It's yeah. my, it's my inherited name. So Jesus comes and goes, yes, I am Jesus. And Jesus had a purpose and that was the cross and to yeah. bring the kingdom. But ultimately he was glorifying his father. And he, and he spoke about that all the time about, glorifying his father but isn't it interesting how we want to be known but maybe we're just a little bit confused of who we're who we're meant to show in the world are we meant to show ourselves or are we meant to show our father's name and that goes on to obviously the topic of your second name to just your first name Yeah, that does. And it's really interesting because we have like you, you took on your, your father's name, ask you, right? Well, my 
name wasn't, my last name wasn't Rempel. I actually, I married and took on my, my husband's name and was adopted into another family. Mm. So, so, you know, like, and I know like it's, it doesn't work that way for everyone. Right. I mean, but I, in this sense, you know, I didn't have my last name anymore and I actually was adopted into, you know, another family. So it's really interesting you know, we have Jesus, whose name means to deliver and to rescue, and Christ, which is the last name that points to his to his father, right? Mm-hmm. So we we have these times where Jesus is always pointing to the Father, always pointing to the Father. And then he says something really, really amazing, right? And I and I love listening to it and I love reading about it. Um, where he talks about how we were first chosen, we were predestined before the earth. Okay. Our hopes, our dreams, our purpose is all predestined before the earth. And then it says for the adoptions of sons and daughters through Jesus Christ, the adoption, my, my last name and my, my father-in-law talks about this. It, Rempel, when you go to a specific place in a town in Canada and you walk into a restaurant and you say Rempel, you're going to have six or seven, eight people turn around and they're all going to look at you because they're part of your family. Right. Like that's just that's just what happens. And then there's other things that happen when I became part of the my husband's family. I picked up some of their mannerisms. Mm. Right. Like some of those things. So I don't know if you guys do this. I'm going to tell you, it kind of grosses my youngest out. I love to put salt on my watermelon. I never did that before. I know you're making a weird face. I never did that. It actually intensifies the sweetness of it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to explain myself. This is what I do now. (laughs) But I started picking up these mannerisms and I started doing the things that they did. Right. So things that were celebrated, things that were meaningful, I started doing them with them because it was important. Mm. And so because I became part of that family, I started I started developing that side of the family and what I was. And I started carrying the things of that family because they mattered to me. And mm. so just like we are all adopted and we take on our father's last name, we take on the mannerisms of God, Mm. the fruits of the spirit. We take Mm. them on because we are now adopted into the family. Mm -hmm. And what I, and what, you know, even blows my mind a little bit further is that we talked about this and you just said this in our podcast about purpose, how we are all individuals, yet we are all the same. Mm. It shows in our name. Yeah. My name is Yvonne. I carry different characteristics, different purpose than you. And that's what Jesus did. Not everybody had to die. He carried a specific purpose, but his last name was Christ. And when we take on the last name of our father, we are so individual, yet we are all one in family. Mm. Exactly. We're all one in family. And that brings us all, that brings the unity in terms of look at the nations, right? Or the United yeah. Nations is that God loves nations. 
yeah. talks about nations. He loves nations. He loves diversity, right? Is that the word diversity? diversity yes, diversity yeah. yeah diversity he loves it you know yeah. if you look into the world you know the colors what i find this is an interesting fact right yeah is that even the colors bear a purpose yeah. so for instance like the colors that we see are not are not the colors that like certain animals see so animals actually see the colors in which they're like meant to interact with this is really interesting. Interesting. So cool, right? So in other words, that we're seeing colors, but like the bumblebee will see the color that it's meant to pull the nectar from. It's such an incre- creation is such a beautiful and purposefully built things, yeah. which, which is really interesting about seeing, because I'm going to come on to that for a minute, is because is that Jesus often talked about I only do what I see my father do. Yeah. So it's this sense that Jesus is saying, I'm only going to do what I see my father doing. He's only doing his father's work, what what his father shows him to do. Yeah. Why is that? Because he's living for his name and not himself. Right. And he finds his identity in his father, not himself. Right. And he finds his purpose in his father and not himself. So it's like this right. super oneness but he only does what he sees his father do. So just as the bumblebee only sees the flower that it's meant to pull nectar from, yeah, pollen from, or whatever it pulls it from, not nectar. I don't know. Anyway, I'm not a biologist or scientist <laughs> or whatever it is, right? Okay, I'm a speaker. But anyway, I'm rambling now. So is that this is really, really interesting. It goes into purpose, but it goes in for the purpose of the name. Because just yeah. as though, I love how all our weeks are just coming together. So if you're listening to episode four, I'm telling you, there's Gotta a reason. Go back to one. There's go a back reason to one. Why, yeah, there's a reason why <laughs> we started at dream, purpose, identity, and name. Because this yeah. is all making sense. Yeah. If you're confused now, go back to episode one and come all the way and you'll be totally with us. Yeah. So this is, this is really interesting. That the purpose of life is for the glorification of of the name. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So everything that God does is for the glory of his name, his yeah. own name. So creation is beautiful and it glorifies him. Now, when Jesus talks about he only does what he sees his father do, is that one of my mentors once revealed to me, he, he used to call it the gap, and I loved it. And he calls it the gap, and it's called God's appointed place. And he says that within every single one of us, God gives us the ability to see what he wants to do in the world. Yeah. Not what we want to do in the world. So there's a difference between your desires and his desires, your will and his will. Gives us the ability to see what he wants to do in the world for his name and for his glory. But the good thing is, is that we get to be a part of this beautiful process. And the promise is, is if we seek first his kingdom, which is the things that he wants to do and his righteousness, then all other things will be added to us. So God talks about basically, hey, if you work for me, if you live for me, there's an inheritance because the inheritance is in the name. Yeah. So just as the, you got the parable of the prodigal son, the parable of the prodigal son is that it talks about a father and a son. Yeah. And the father has an inheritance for his son. Yeah. And the son has everything that he needs. 
He can work for his father on the farm. He has his whole inheritance there. He's set up for life, basically. But the son basically says to the father, hey, I want my inheritance early. I want to go and do things my way for my name. That's basically what he says. So he goes and rebels. So he goes out. Now the father just allows him. Go on. Off you go. And he goes out and he goes partying and does uh, he just goes out <laughs> trying to do things for himself. Yeah. But what's really, really interesting is eventually he gets to the point where it all runs out and he can't go on anymore. And all he wants to do is go back to his father. Yeah. And his father just welcomes with open arms. And the reason why I say this in all of it is this, is because I feel like that we will never truly be fulfilled until we are doing what it is that we were made to do. I don't feel like we'll be truly fulfilled and at peace until we're living in the gap that God wants us to stand in, God's appointed place. And he gives us the ability to see that place. So my friend calls it, this way, you sat on a train. Here's an analogy for you. You sat, <laughs> you sat on a train and he says that if you were to be a teacher, then you would see all the children on the train. If yeah. you were meant to be a doctor, then you'd see everyone who was ill. If you were meant to be a vet, you would notice all the, all the pets. Yeah. So you see what it is that you're made to do. Definitely. Exactly the same thing is that we see what we're meant to do for our father and for his name rather than going out going, hey, I want to be Luke Askew, the speaker. No, no, no. no. Like you may speak, but you're doing it for his name. And what he said, what his thing is, well, if you're doing it in my name, if you're carrying my name, you also carry my inheritance. In other words, I'm going to resource you to do it. <laughs> like I'm going to provide yeah. a way. Right. Exactly. And I really, and I really like that because there's something about it in, and I've read a few, you know, I, I like to study every morning. I like to, to read, you know, the Bible and, and do some studying. And one of the things that I, I often read and I'm, and I love reading is that God calls your name. He knows you and then he appoints you and then he sends you Yeah. all in the span. I mean, that could take, you know, like three weeks or that can take 25 years. Yeah. I don't know. I, you know, I can only do what my father tells me to do. I don't know everything that he can do. So I don't know how long that's going to take for some people. I I just don't. I can tell you that it took me 12 years to figure it out. But for some people, I mean, Luke, it only took you three years to figure it out. Everybody's just different in different ways. And that, and that really makes our individual gifts and talents that we bring to the table, it gives us a widespread to go out onto the earth because we can't all be the same. Mm. And you said, you know, we need that diversity. Diversity Mm. is key in the kingdom. I mean, there's going to be people who can do things that I can never even dream of doing, but man, I cannot wait to ask them how they do that. Mm. Right. And so these, these little things, but I want to talk about the going back to the name. Right. And, and I, and I love, 
there's times where people are like, well, how do you know if God's calling my name? How do I know if I'm, if God's calling me? Right. And one of the stories that, that I've read, you know, I read actually all summer is, you know, it's a story about Samuel who is a very wise teacher and, um, and Eli, and this was Samuel when he was younger and Eli is in bed, sleeping and Samuel's in bed and God calls his name. And he gets up and he goes running to Eli going, did you call me? And I always thought that was weird that, you know, like God's calling him, but he goes right because he goes running to what he's familiar to. He goes running to the, to the known when his name was called. Hmm. And he actually did the three times, three times. Okay. So if you didn't get it right the first time, I tell you, there's people still figuring it out. Give yourself some grace because not everybody got it right in the Bible either. Okay. Mm. But here's, here's what I love so much. Eli figured out before Samuel that it was God. And Eli's the one who told him, this is what you should say. And I love that because it wasn't him trying to figure it out on his own. You know, we sit there and we go, are you calling me? Are you calling me? Are you calling me? We need other people in our lives. That's the great thing of being about being adopted into a family. Mm-hmm. We need other people in our lives who have those other skills who can help us figure things out in life. When we're adopted into the family, we don't just inherit the family name. We inherit the family and mm-hmm. all of it that comes with it. You're not just getting, you know, like the weird ring. You're getting like all the cook cookbooks that come with it, right? Yeah. Like you get everything with it. Mm-hmm. And Samuel was adopted into the family. And so Eli helped him. And Samuel from that day never departed from God because he was called, he was anointed and he was sent out into the world. And there's people, you know, I hope there's people on here going, I've never heard the name, man. I am so excited for you. Yeah. The most impactful experience I ever had in my life is when God called my name and I, he knew me in a way that nobody else ever knew me. And it literally rocked my world because we all just want to be known, right? As teenagers, and I talk about my teenagers again, you know, when I go talk to them, they're like, but you don't know, mom, but you don't know what's happening in my life right now, mom. You know, you try to talk to your husband, you know, or my husband, or you could be talking to your wife, Luke. And, you know, it's just like, we're trying to have a conversation. It's like, why don't you understand what I'm trying to say to you? Right. We talk to friends and we're, and, you know, we're like, why can you not just answer the question I'm trying to ask you? You know, and we find that we're constantly, we're asking and we're asking and we don't understand. And there's this miscommunication and that's just life because we have diversity, but something happens when God calls you, you just know. He just knows you. He just knows everything about you. It doesn't matter if it's good, bad, or ugly. He just knows. And it's okay. It's okay to be in that place. Because isn't it interesting? It's like it's like we're wired to want to be known. 
Yeah. It's like a wiring. Why do I know it's a wiring? Because we seek it in the world. We do seek it in the world. We try to find meaning to everything. You know, we have um, we have people who analyze our names. We have people who analyze our birthdays. We go talk to people who can give us direction in life. We, you know, we we seek out this knowing because we were created to know Him. Mm. Like we were created to know Him, and. And we seek it out because it's our deep desire to be known. And we try to figure it out on our own. Like, isn't that funny? We're created for him to know us yet. We're still trying to figure it out on our own. <laughs> and it's really interesting because Jesus actually talks about eternal life. And he yeah. says that eternal life is this, is that they may know you and me. So Jesus talks about this eternal life. And he talks about saying that eternal life is is the knowing, the knowing of truth. And that's why the Bible also says that the truth will set you free. Because when you come to the knowledge of that you are known by God, yeah, that you are known by him, and then you get to know him, yeah, there is a freedom that comes with it because the searching stops. Do you know that? That's one thing that over the last three years, the last three years that has really changed in my life is the, the searching to be the searching. Like I've lost that. I've lost the, you know, like when everyone was just searching for something, you feel like you're searching yeah. for something, like a little niggle. Yeah. Ever since that, I, I had my encounter where I got to know God and I knew that he knew me. How did I knew that, know that through experiences? Yeah. I had multiple different experiences, which obviously I think we'll come on to in a minute. Multiple different experiences where God introduced himself to me and mm -hmm. revealed things to me. Yeah. And then I just stopped searching in the world. It was really, it's still sweet. And that's where the whole piece came from. Cause I felt like I got it. I found it. I found what I was looking for. And now it's more in terms of, okay, now you have it, what are you going to do with it? And that's where yeah. the, that's where the glorification comes in. That's when it's like, now you know me and you know, you carry my name and you're adopted. When you go out into the world, yeah, like, be a good representation of me because yeah. if you want more people to know me. Yeah. And to know my nature and to know how loving and caring I am and want people to know this is where we say bear witness. Yeah. You no. Know, if we want people if God wants to, for people to know him, yeah. We right now are the representation of him. We're meant to represent him, his nature, his meaning, just as Jesus was the image when Jesus was here on earth two thousand years ago, it, in that body. You know, the church is talking now about being the body of Jesus now in terms of people are meant to look at us and go, that's what God looks like. And that's always a challenge that I have for people is when Jesus goes, people ask Jesus, show me the father. And he goes, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. Yeah. And I always challenge myself with this question is that if someone says, show me Jesus, would I have the confidence to say, if you've seen me, you've seen Jesus? Mm. I need that card that says boom. Boom. 
Boom. in nature because yeah. I think we've got to be really, really careful because if you really get to know your father, yeah, there's an identity shift that changes, like everything that we've mentioned. Yeah. because the more I get to know my father, yeah. know his family, know yeah. his ways, his beings, his beliefs, his, his truths, everything, I come into the image yeah. of my father to the point where now when people see me, they see my father. Right. And I mean, and a real practical example of that is that think of somebody in your town with a last name, a family, and think of the last name. Right. And you're like, ooh, ooh. I don't know about that family yeah. or, oh, I know that family. I know what that family does. Right there, because people are identified by their family. Right. Yeah. I think that's why there's people who leave their families and they move across the world because they, they don't want <laughs> or they change their name because they're trying to number one, stop being part of that family or number two, stop trying to carrying the characteristics that they are known for. They're trying to change things. Right. And hoping that that is working for them instead of, you know, realizing that it's not all the changing that you need to know it need to do. It's knowing him. And in knowing him, and knowing him, which he and what I love about that and I what I love about talking about this is that he knows you first. <laughs> he knows you first. And there's just something about even when you can't take that step to go towards him, he's already taken all of them in front of you. He already knows you. He already knows you. He has predestined you before the earth. He knows you. And I love that because it almost takes out the vulnerability of having to go to someone because there's something terrifying about going to someone and going, do you want me? Are you, do you, do you want me? And that orphan that lives in us that is going from place to place going, can somebody just want me? He already takes that out of the equation and says, I don't want, I just, I, it's not even a matter if I want you, I'm going to take you home. I'm going to bath you. You have a whole bedroom set up in my house. Like it, it's not even, it's not a question. And when we realize that he's already made the first step then that just lays at our feet going, we can decide if we want the next step or not. And it's our decision. There's a lot of fear and guilt and shame that comes into it as well. Back to the prodigal son. The yeah. son wanted to go home, but he was so ashamed of what he had done. And yeah. that's where the whole forgiveness comes in. You know, for God so loved the world that he gave us one and only son. Because God's forgiveness for everyone who what's really interesting jesus is on the cross and he goes father please forgive them so he's asking god to forgive him he's like father forgive them for they do not know what they have done and the reason why they do not know what they have done is because they do not know the father because if they knew the father they would have seen him in jesus like, could you imagine, could you imagine 
three for you it would have been three years ago for me oh i mean it was probably more like 12 years ago could you imagine the feeling of not having to search so hard anymore of just being like yep i am so known i am known i know who i am i know my identity like the pressure of not having to try in a world that values what you bring to the table. Could you imagine yeah. the pressure that, that you are not having to live with anymore? Cause I know what it feels like having to impress people to love me. And I know what it's mm-hmm. like to feel like I'm not wanted and to try to fit into a certain group and to keep and to try. And then there's this moment where you're known So I'm wanted where I'm given an identity. You're not just a nobody, you're mine. Yeah. And then you're given purpose, the very thing. What do I do now? Right. Mm. You're given purpose. And then you're sent out into the world and you're like, guys, did you know it could be like this? Cause I tell you, I didn't know it could be like this. And those, and those are our experiences experiences i can't remember and i don't know if i was telling you this or somebody else like the bible talks about being born again right being born again is this sense of being adopted being being born again it's like a new birthright it's this whole taking on a new name it's like it's just like this new version of you in one sense like when that happened for me when i was born into that family when i was born into the family of god when i started to bear my father's name when i started to learn what my new family stood for how we how we wanted to see the world all of these things i was so overwhelmed at the beginning of why me that was that was the question right like why me like you are the God of the universe, 7 billion people in the world, like all of creation. And you want me. Yeah. Like, do, do you know what I've done in my life? Like, do you, do you know how many mistakes that I've made? Do you know this? Do you know that? And then what I started to learn was that God forgave me because I didn't know. Oh, Yeah. You didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know that I was operating out of a version of me that was created in the world. Yeah. I was doing things for the appreciation, the love, the validation of my earthly father, my earthly mother, my my friends, my the people around me, status, pride, ego, all these things. I was doing every I was operating out of all of these things. Because I didn't know that I was already loved and I was already chosen and that I was already predestined. And there was nothing on earth that I needed to do in order to receive what I've been searching for my whole life. Yeah. It was free. It was was totally free. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's the thing when you're, (laughs) when you're adopted into a family, what I think people need to understand is that 
family doesn't all look the same. Family doesn't look the same, yeah. right? As in, you know, mom does something and dad does something and, you know, the siblings squabble and then you got the cousins and you got the ones that, you know, like decide that they're doing something totally different than the rest of the family, but they're here. We need to, we need to stop trying to all be the same and just be family and just be family. Cause we all look different. Our whole family looks different, right? When we're adopted into this family, you're going to bring your quirks, right? And some of your quirks are going to rub off on other people, but some of the other people's mannerisms are going to rub off on you, right? And that's the that's the joy of being a family, you know, and and I love parts of movies that I get to watch and you know where somebody stands there and goes, "But do you know who my family is?" When you stand with family, there is this authority that comes out of you going, but do you know who my family is? Do you know who we are? You know, and so even though even though we may not get along all the time, there's something about when we all stand together, right? We all come together in unity Okay, with all of our differences under one name and go, do you really want to come at my family now? Right. And there's something about that family, about the, the bringing into, you know, when Jesus went out and searched for the one lost sheep. Right. And I think this is, you know, if you're you're not a Christian, we're talking about these stories. We don't often talk about a lot of Bible stories. This one, I know that we are. So please bear with us. But this is a story I think a lot of people do do understand. Right. You know, there is a shepherd who has 99 sheep in the pen, but there's one out there and he leaves the 99 and he goes, looks for that one, that lost one. And we often use that as a a parable going, you know, Jesus is leaving the 99 and he's going to go look for the lost sheep, right? The lost people who are out there. It's not that part of the story I love. The part of the story that I love is that he brings back the one sheep to the 99. He brings it home. He brings it home. He doesn't carry it to just put it in its own little pen and baby. He brings it home. He brings it back to the family fold and the family then takes care of that sheep. Yep. It it shepherds it. And then you've got the shepherd and every sheep needs a shepherd. And we're exactly the same. Yeah. Is that we need somebody to guide us. Isn't it funny how we're all looking for guidance? It's what we want. Because we, well, we were built for it. We were built to, we were made to be guided by God. Yeah. So, so we feel lost when we're not, we don't feel like we're being guided or we don't know. We don't know him. So we feel lost. So we feel without a shepherd, without a, a guiding spirit. And then we just say things like, well, I trust in the universe. What does that mean? <laughs> what, it means I that? trust it. It means like, I'm going to trust that it's all going to work out for me. Yeah. Tr- trusting that it's all going to work out. But I would say, do you know the universe? 
no, I don't don't know the universe. <laughs> Can you get to know the universe? Is is the universe relational, Bill? Is the is the universe someone that you yeah. can really like connect with? Can you can you can you be honest with the universe? Does all of these questions I've always like now I've said this a few times on the podcast. Like, I believe in the universe. I believe I'm I'm a part of the universe. Yeah. But ultimately I want to know the person that's guiding me. Well, and you know, you, you hit the nail on the head right there where it says, you know, the universe is not relational. No, it's not relational where we miss an element of it. Can you believe in the universe? Yeah. Can you believe there is creation? Yes. Do you believe there is a creator? Yes. Do I believe, Do I believe the laws in of the universe? Yeah. Yes. Do I believe in all that? Yes. I, I I believe it because in Genesis it says that God created the heavens and the earth. Mm. I believe in all of that. That's great. But what if you took it one step further and developed a relationship? A relation because we're looking for it on earth. We are. Yeah. We we look for it in other people. We look at to fill it with work, with volunteering, with charities, with people like we look to feel this deep need inside of us with something. And guess what? That puzzle piece never fits in that spot because it's meant to not be a corner piece. It's a middle piece. Mm -hmm. It's part of what you do. One of the corner pieces is the relational aspect. Mm -hmm. He knows you. And you get to know him. There is an exchange that happens there. And when, you know, and, and I'm not saying any other things are bad. I don't know. There's a lot of things I don't know. I'm just speaking from my own experience. You know, we have things like numerology and horoscopes, which, by the way, I find them very interesting. So I like to look at them. Um, but when I looked at it, I, I sat there and I go, there's no way that there is numbers from one to nine that can define every person on this planet. We, we cannot be defined only between one and nine. We're all created so individually and so different. So I don't know why we try to box ourselves into something that we're not created to be boxed into. It's, it's like the whole Google analogy that we've used before is that Google may hold answers. Yeah. But it doesn't know you, so that so they're not so they're not purposeful answers. They're factual. Yeah. So what what we've identified in the world so far is there's the law of gravity. Yeah. Why is that important? The like you know what's the purpose of it? And to keep everything on the floor? Like is it, I don't know. <laughs> like do you know what I mean? It's just a law. Yeah. Right now, a lot of people are talking about the law of attraction. Yeah. And the ability to draw in things that you desire. Do I believe in that? Yeah, I believe that is a is a universal law. Yeah. Facts. But but what we feel, what we know is like, but why? But yeah. Why? Why, but, why is it why? there? And why is that so important to you? Why 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 is that law there? And why are you going to use it? And why is that so important? Why why was that why was that there? And this these are the questions that that Google don't have. Google can say, hey, we th this has been discovered. There's this law on earth. Okay, why? Yeah, there's because no deeper deeper meaning no deeper, to it. Because ultimately it's like knowing the law of the of, of Britain. 
I can, you can tell me the law of Britain. Like, this is the law. Okay, brilliant. Yeah. This is the law. Why? Someone might go, well, I don't know. I didn't create the law. Mm, yeah, exactly. Well, and, and, you know, people who look at, you know, numerology and horoscopes and, and things like that, I look at it and I go, yeah, when I did mine, which I did do yesterday because I wanted to know, it gave me some amazing characteristics, mm. amazing characteristics that I definitely resonate with. Like those are things that I know, but it doesn't give me the complete picture. No. It gives me bits and pieces of the picture, mm. but it doesn't give me the whole picture. And it definitely does not give me any meaning of why I'm like that. You see some of it said that I'm joyful and that I'm an overcomer. Okay. But why? Well, maybe I had to be that way because of the environment I grew up in. I had to be an overcomer so I can get to the point where I'm at now. Well, they didn't know that, but they gave me the great words. Those are great. That's awesome. I think that's fantastic. I want to know why. Everyone wants to know why. That's the big question that a lot of people have. Why? 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 But why is only ever revealed? When you know. When you know. And exactly, because once you know, then you kind of, once you know, you surrender your why. When you surrender your why, it normally gets revealed to you in the first, afterwards, it tends to be the thing. Because look at this, look throughout scripture. Now, people often look at scripture and read certain things and go, that's stupid because Jesus Christ died on the cross. I'm like, yeah, but guys, at the time, yeah. They didn't know why any of this was going on. Look at Peter. So Peter, who who loved Jesus so dearly, and Jesus yeah. loved him so much. And Jesus basically was saying, I'm going to die on the cross. I'm going to die on the cross. This is why. And Peter goes, no, you're not. And he goes, get behind me, <laughs> Satan. <laughs> you're like, oh, man. <laughs> I love you, but wow, that was kind of harsh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but hang on a minute. What? He's like, you don't know why I'm doing these things. Yeah. He's like, just trust me. Trust me. Trust me that all will be revealed to you. And it yeah. was. And that's a part of life is that trusting in the universe and trusting in all these things, like trusting in God is is really knowing that he is for you and not against you, that yeah. he, plan he has plans to prosper you and not harm you. And it's that it has to come from a place of that relational shit yeah. and that loving nature of oh, a yeah. father looking after his children because he yeah. cares and, and he loves rather than just the sense of, oh, have you ever heard of the law of attraction? Did you know that you can just think things and desire things and they, and they come towards you? And I'm like, okay, like I know, I knew that. I knew that a long time ago. That wasn't like, like that a lot of people have known that for a long time. And at the yeah. moment, a lot of people are like, whoa, did you know this? I'm like, yeah, I know that. But do you know why? Yeah. And, and then, do you know why you're asking for those things? Yes. Why are you asking for them? Because I think there's something, and this will be like a whole new different episode when we 100%. talk about it. There's something happens when you align yourself with what God wants, and then you call it into existence. Exactly. 
And that right there is a hook for you guys to listen later on when we talk about that. Episode (laughs) number five. So I just, you know, and it all goes back. It all goes back to the very, very beginning where he calls your name. Mm. And that is why we says, what is your name? What is your name? What is your name? And I just feel like if there's any listeners right now that, that wants to be called by name, then then I want you to start listening to the small voice that encourages you. Yeah. The small voice of of hope. That that little niggling thought or feeling that there is more that you're being drawn towards or the hope or the dream that you once had as a child. That is God calling you. That is God saying, this is who you truly are. Even though people on earth call you by this name and attach these things to you, the only time I'm going to speak to you is based on how I see you. And that's why I always say that when God is speaking to you, he's encouraging you and he's loving you and he's protecting you. He's never, he's never, you know, God said, I did not give you a spirit of fear. Yeah. So so he ain't saying nothing that's fearful. No. If you're feeling fear, that's, you're not, that's not God calling you. Right. It's just like when, you know, Samuel was hearing something and Eli was like, oh, I know what that is. That's exactly what Luke and I are saying. Hey, if you're feeling something, that hope, that excitement that you know there there's this feeling it's a good feeling you know or it's this idea or thought or you know it's good then go back and just say here i am here i am that's all you have to say here i am here i am and if you want you can be adopted and that's a that's a personal choice but what I think is incredible about all these episodes is we want to talk about our own experiences, what we have discovered on life, you know, our own on the road to Damascus experience when yeah. we got called by name, chosen, sent out. The reason why we did this podcast is because we were on a path and God said our name that from yeah. two different experiences and we've had multiple experiences where we have been shown that God knew us and that he had plans for our lives and that he wanted to redeem us back on the right path, that path that we'd all been searching for. So these podcasts are to to share with you our own experiences. And I know that we have so many exciting things to come which will provide you an opportunity to experience these things for yourselves and not just because one thing that annoyed me was I would hear everyone else's experiences and I wanted them for myself, myself. And what I believe that we are here to do is to provide a space in order for you to have an experience, a Damascus experience. Yeah. We don't want to just tell you, our experience and then say, go get it. We actually, we want to partner with you so that you can have 
your own experience that you'll be excited to tell other people about. And, you know, if you're not ready to have that experience and you're not ready to go that and you're like, no, I'm cool. Just making my own path in the woods and you're, I'm not getting on that road. That's cool because we've been there too. Yeah. We have decided that we wanted to go take a walk in the woods by ourselves on the wrong path. And you know what? That's okay too, because there'll be, a, there'll be a time when you're ready to have an encounter and you know what? That's the nice thing. He's not going to move from the spot where he's at. He's waiting for you. And so when you're ready, you'll get back on and he's going to run right to you and be like, I've been here waiting no annoying voice, no nothing. Not like when you're late for dinner and mom's like, where have you been? It's not like that. He's going to call you by name and go, welcome home. Welcome home. Your family is waiting for you. 100%. Guys, I hope that you enjoyed this week's episode of the On the Road to Damascus podcast, talking about what is your name. Like I mentioned before, guys, if this is the first podcast that you're listening to, then welcome. But I would massively encourage you to go back straight to number one, where we spoke about <laughs> having a dream. Then week two, we spoke about purpose. Week three, we spoke about identity. And today yeah. we spoke about the power of knowing your name, knowing his name and identifying with that for the rest of your lives. And I'm excited to join you Yvonne, once again. Uh, once again, yes. Next week, as we dive into our next topic. But if you guys enjoyed the video, the video and the podcast, whatever you're watching it on, make sure that you share it on our social media, you share it with your friends. And yeah, just embrace the experience, even if you don't know what that is. Just embrace yeah. it. Sounds good. Right. Thank you, Eva. And I will see you. Thank you, Luke. Next week. Sounds great. Bye. Bye.